I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story. Welcome to our study on the fourfold gospel. There's a link in the show notes to the lesson book that we're working through together. Basically, this study looks at all four gospel accounts together, and there are some questions we work through to guide us in our study. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. 10 o'clock. As I mentioned before, I'm recording our class, perhaps for others to benefit that aren't here. So we're in our lesson books on page 12. So at the bottom of page 12, that section on the baptism of Jesus by John there, you know, we've tried to look at the Gospels all together here. We've gone through um, sort of John's introduction to, to who Jesus is and, and looked at the, uh, the genealogies that lead to Jesus and all the, the events and announcements surrounding Jesus' birth, and then a little bit about his youth. And then, um, of course, as Jesus is growing up, John the Baptist, his, his cousin or relative or whatever, is growing up as well. And, and, and we, we studied last week about the work of John the Baptist out in the wilderness teaching and having a baptism of repentance. And so here is where we have the intersection with Jesus then to coming to be baptized in the context of John doing that, doing those teachings and baptisms. So let's start with the word of prayer, and we'll get into our, our text and our lesson. Dear God in heaven, we're thankful that we could come out here, even with the snow, and, and safely arrive and, and be together for Bible class. We pray that you'd bless us in this to um, understand these things and, and to grow in the knowledge and faith that you'd have us to. Help us to be brighter lights for you, and we pray that you'd be with those who might not be able to be with us due to illness or traveling or whatever it is. Pray your blessings on them. Help us to, to help them as, as we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's, um, it's, it's, like I said, that's the bottom of page 12, but let's get into, go into our text. And of course, with the harmony of the gospel, we've got three accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I, I think zeroing in on, on Matthew, Matthew chapter 3 might be useful for us. As I, as I like to say, I expect that you're reading all these on your own, all, all of the accounts to feed into our questions, and, and sometimes uh, the questions you'll have more of a richness that from one account from the other as they cover different details. But let's look at Matthew three thirteen through 17. The baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, 
with whom I am well pleased. All right, so this is that intersection of John the Baptist and Jesus here. Uh, Question 9 at the bottom of page 12 asks us, what did John the Baptist say to Jesus when he saw him coming to be baptized of him? And then what was Jesus' answer? I should be baptized by you. Yeah. Recognizing the superiority of, of Jesus to John, right? I should be baptized by you. And you come to me. This is not what you know seem, would seem appropriate to, to John. And what was Jesus' answer in that? So now, for us, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. That was one that yeah. he came to do. Right. So, so this this baptism we've read before is a, a you know people were confessing their sins and it was a baptism of repentance, right? But Jesus didn't have sins or a need to repent, right? But he's he's doing it to fulfill all righteousness. Maybe, perhaps to be a good example to show others how this ought to be. How did John know before he even got there? Had he heard things? Well, I think as we look at uh, at John's account later, it'll get into that. Um, but also, of course, they're relatives, right? So that's, I think, part of the answer, that John was not ignorant of this person, Jesus, and knew something about the situation due to his... Um, Relationship. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was the Lamb of God. Right, and that's where, yeah, and that's where John John's account goes into detail. So that that'll cover that, which is kind of interesting, you know. As we look again, we're trying to do a harmony of the Gospels. If we, you know, turn the page there, um, we have next. You know, as soon as Jesus is baptized, he seems to then sequentially then go and be tempted in the wilderness. And then at, at the bottom of page 13 in our questions, it, it goes to John 1.19, where John the Baptist testifies of Jesus. And, and a lot of things he says there seem to relate to the things we see here in the baptism. But it doesn't really show, it doesn't, in John's account, it doesn't really have Jesus baptizing him there explicitly. But So you might wonder wh- whether maybe those things ought to be brought here. And that's, the, of course, sort of the challenge of trying to make a harmony of these things. We know that uh, uh, John's mother, Elizabeth, and Mary uh, had come together before before uh, Jesus was born. Uh, Elizabeth knew these things. I'm sure, I'm sure that she would have passed these things on to John uh, about, the, uh, about the relatives and so forth and so on. So I don't think it's unusual for... Uh, for John to recognize Jesus for who he was. Because even in utero, John leapt in the womb, right, in, in recognition of this, of, of Jesus in utero as well. So we have a little history to that. Uh, but yet, nevertheless, it's, it's emphasized through some other things that are said there in John, in, in John's gospel. They must, have, they must have spent time together before this because... How would you recognize, I mean, why would you say that? How would you know that person that is like your cousin? If you had not spent time with them, this would just be another person walking up there to be to be baptized. So 
Well, right. I think it is fair to assume that given the fact that they're related and given the fact that Mary went to visit Elizabeth, that there were some communication between them. Um, but we do have the things accounted in John one nineteen and following that, that do give a further sign to John at that moment of, of those things. So I think that's all to be understood together, both the fact that they're related and knew each other in some level. The fact that John was, you know, had the Holy Spirit in, in these abilities, which we see, you know, with the reaction in the womb, I think, and then also um, with his vision, you might say, in the wilderness when uh, Jesus comes to be baptized. I don't know whether this is the time to bring this up. Oh, go ahead, Don. <laughs> but it's really been written on my mind lately. Uh, the baptism of John, we're reading here, it's uh, for repentance or unto repentance. And that word ace that's used there for four always points forward. Now, uh, as you read that account, he says, I indeed baptize you unto repentance. And then turns around and tells the Pharisees to come to him, bring forth fruits for your repentance. So you get the idea there that that word for meant because of, and, and which is a strong argument that uh, many uh, other religious groups uh, point to with the remission of sins is because of the remission of sins. But that's not true according to the word, for the Greek word. So if I'm confusing everybody, what? <laughs> but. Uh, this really weighed heavily on me this week about that unto, uh, being baptized unto repentance. Okay, we usually talk about that in context of Acts 2, 38 and all those things in the, the baptism in the Christian age. But, but say, say that again, uh, Matthew 3 here, 3, verse 11. Verse 11 I, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So I, I baptize you with water for repentance. Unto. Yeah, or different translations are going to say, yeah, right. Right, so the, I think the idea is that this is why you're doing it. This is, right. Yeah, but, uh, but when it comes to the Pharisees, and they're coming, you know, uh, pretending, you might say, he says, bring forth fruits for evidence of your repentance. He, he, didn't, he wouldn't baptize you without that. Am I confused? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's that, hey, I'm not going to baptize you guys, but he's certainly yelling at them, <laughs> right? I, I don't know if they even came to be baptized. They came to maybe, I think as Cheryl suggested, they're just maybe there to hang out and see what's going on or maybe to give him a hard time. So I don't know that we see him refusing to baptize them, but, but rather recognizing that their hearts aren't right and giving them admonition for that. And like I said, I don't want to labor on it. Yeah. It's, it's bothering me, and I thought maybe you might have... I'm not sure if I completely understand the question or the bother. Is it whether or not one's a consequence of the other, or okay. is that where you're going with it? When you look at, uh, at uh, verse 11, he says... In, with water unto repentance, indicating with the word ice or ice there that uh, it means pointing forward to it. I'm going to baptize you in order for your repentance. Or to or toward would yeah. be one way to translate that. So that. And that's not what he's really saying. 
isn't it? When you look at or uh, baptism for or unto remission of sins, we seem to grab a hold of that and say, well, that's it. I understand that. But when you come to this statement here, it sounds like it's just in reverse of what we're saying. So, so you're looking at this in relation to how we talk about hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, be faithful to death. Um, well, number one, this isn't the same situation. This is John's baptism, which we see is definitely contrasted, but it, but it does seem to be quite parallel. Yeah, you know, the, the argument, again, in Acts, in Acts 2 is really about at what point are we saved, right? Not, not really at what point do we repent. But, so let's talk about repenting. Yes, we should repent before we're baptized. We should, I mean, why else would we be baptized unless it's part of, well, I need to change my life. I need to do some things to get right with God. That's the whole point. But isn't it also true that we continue to repent and, you know, we're not like perfect then, right? You know, so it's an ongoing process. So we talk about it in terms of a sequence, but in fact, our lives need to be lives full of repentance and continuing to turn back to God and, and that sort of thing. So that, might, that may be part of the idea. So, you know, think about a person, an Israelite coming out to John to be baptized you know, clearly they're interested, and, and if they're choosing to be baptized, they're, they're showing, you know, they're make, trying to make a change and make a, uh, that sort of thing. They're making a statement, right? But they need to continue, they don't need to walk away and then do what they've always done, right? They need to continue to turn away from those things. I don't know if that helps. But yeah, that's something we can study more. Amanda? Right. So where so where is this one? Before, right? So the baptism almost seems like there is no law for baptism yet. After I'm trying to figure out what what exactly when you say it's John's baptism, what what is it? What is it for? How does it Right, and if you and if you were, it would be insufficient because we saw others who who right. were only, and they had to be. That was the question that I was right. asked too: is okay, so you were baptized under John's baptism. That would mean you need to be baptized again after the cross. So. I don't know if that would help maybe with John's understanding. What exactly, you know, when John is baptizing people, what exactly is it, what is he doing and why is he doing it? And, and I don't think Don's point is, I want to make sure we, we do John's baptism correctly, but rather it's a question of the, the word ice in, in the Greek, which is used here, and then in principle used of, of a Christian baptism. We're still under the Mosaic law at this point before the cross. And, and so these people are demonstrating repentance, and they're going through ritual cleansing, which is part of the Jewish law. 
But, but John is also a, a prophet bringing new revelation and clarifying the Christ is coming. And you know, as, as Cheryl's jumping ahead here to, to John, and he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he's the Son of God and all that. Acts 19. But what was the, what was it that they never even heard of? Right. The Holy Spirit, right? That was like, we, we don't even know whether there is a Holy Spirit. We don't even know what you're talking about. And so, as we re- studied last week, John comes baptizing with water, but the one who he's not worthy to untie a sandal is going to come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the additional things, aside from Christ's sacrifice himself and the forgiveness of sins and all that, but Holy Spirit. In the question that preceded all that in Acts 19.2, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, and that's where he leads into what you said, you know, what baptism were you baptized and John's baptism and all of that. So that's one of the distinctive differences. As God's will was revealed, we understand more about the Holy Spirit, and that's one of the blessings of uh, being a Christian. Now, that's one of the things to study, too. Like, well, well we have, we've had it revealed more, but, you know, do we fully understand all that? That's something I'm working on. So. But what do we understand when we're baptized? Is it that, well, I've already been wet. I've already been in the bathtub. I've already gone to the swimming pool. Is, is that the point? Or is it, I have been buried with Christ in baptism, and, and, and as he rose to walk in his resurrection, we rise to walk in a new life. Those who, who were baptized in John's baptism would have no understanding of that because Jesus, in fact, had not yet died and not had risen from the dead or anything. So, so they got wet, and, and they, they were involved in repentance. You know, They had the right attitudes, but they didn't do it with the understanding of, of all the blessings of Christ, which is kind of the point. Again, it's not just about being wet. It's understanding. It was a mindset, yeah. like Dean was saying, to prepare them for how they should be. Yeah, it, right. I, when that's clearly what John uh, comes in the spirit of Elijah to, to prepare the way for the Lord, right? So that's precisely what John the Baptist was doing. Right, the similarities are that people were being immersed in water, and it was relating to, you know, this idea of cleansing and sins and repentance, but, but certainly the fullness of Christ and his sacrifice and, and then the understandings about the Holy Spirit, all those things were missing in this. So there's a difference. Uh, Jesus came with a new way, and that's, and that's what we're under today. But again, back to the point of John preparing the way, it does seem to be some purpose in, in him, perhaps even emphasizing baptism, that we would recognize the importance of baptism more fully revealed in, in Christ. Under, under, the, under the old law, there were all kinds of washings. And I, I, I look at John's baptism as part of that. That would be the context that people would understand it, right? No, I think that's good. I think that's good. It's a good study. Yeah. You know, we spent the whole class on question nine here. <laughs> that happens sometimes. And there's probably a lot more to be said. Well, we're actually out of time. So let's uh, plan to pick up on question 10 next time, Lord willing. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory. To tell 
old story of Jesus and his love.